Welcome, everyone, to The Commentarians. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Emily Dixon. And we're here to talk over your movies. <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to The Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion? Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. <laughs> I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey, this is my podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we are saying that not only have we been wounded, we survive, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't about the isms. Uh, he's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. Welcome, everyone, to The Commentarians. As you heard, we have Emily Dixon from uh, the Faith and Other Oddities podcast. How you doing, Emily? I'm in total chaos this week. We're moving. <laughs> so I get to pause and watch a movie with you. Great. That sounds awesome. Uh, about a haunted house. About a haunted house. Uh, you bought a new house, and we're doing a haunted house movie. Great. You planned this. Yeah, I think <laughs> Which is interesting because we're going to talk about this later, but I'm also searching for a house. So, uh, you know, we're looking to buy one and, uh, you know, the market's very difficult right now. But uh, hopefully uh, we can we can figure out what to avoid by watching this movie when buying a house. There we go. If they're too cheap, there's a reason for it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, your podcast, I very much enjoy it. And not to Thank say you. that uh, past, past episodes haven't been good because they've always been great. But lately, what I think, what are you? I think you're in Samuel right now. Yes, and they have been great. I, oh. I'm loving these the series that you've been doing for the last several months. It's been great. Oh, good, because I, you know, sometimes when we take off our rabbit trails, I don't know. Uh, man, if I, am I just babbling? Am I offering anything helpful? So whenever someone says, yes, it's good, or, you know, it, it, it's encouraging because I, it, it's scary. I, sure. I just want to, you want to talk about horror, uh, the <laughs> idea of of trying to to share something about God's word and worrying, what if I misrepresent it? Sure. What if yeah. I misspeak? And I, I think that's healthy, so I don't want to get rid of it, but man, it'd be le nice if it was a little less. <laughs> right, because so. <laughs> that's always the terrifying thing, is that like you say one wrong word, and it's uh, tied to a millstone and into the ocean with you. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what terrifies me about you know preaching when I get asked to speak on you know at church on Sundays or something, mm -hmm. and or to teach something. I'm like, I really don't want to get this wrong, because boy, it is... I wish, I honestly wish everybody who did anything with a Christian label had that perspective. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I, I really do. I mean, because I sometimes think we, we forget that we need to do things with excellence. Mm. We're representing an excellent God and we're his representatives here on earth. We embody him. Uh, shout out to Carmen Imes right quick. You know, um, I always forget the name of her book and I feel bad, but um Bearing God's name is the name of it. And she talks about being created in the image of God and the significance of that. And so, and that's the reason why evil is against us. And, you know, and that totally plays in to, to what we're getting ready to watch. Mm. And I, I love the fact that 
if we can just grasp that we are God's beloved creations, so many of our problems just shrink. They don't go away. Mm. And we still have to deal with problems, but they shrink. And that's the same even when we're talking about, you know, if we're getting ready to talk about demons. We're going to talk about ghosts. And so how that even becomes a pivotal piece in dealing with the spiritual aspect of our reality, because it is a real reality. Yeah. It's not just something Hollywood made up. So, yeah, <laughs> we in particular, <laughs> and again, the fact is, is that we, we see these scary movies as oh, this is when they manifest themselves, when you can see them, but they mm -hmm. attack us in so many ways that we don't even realize, you know, and, <laughs> you know, just the silliest thing when I find it most funny is I think the last time we did an episode, uh, you found flies in your coffee. Uh, when uh -huh. I did mine with Doug Overmeyer, <laughs> his internet just completely cut out, you know, uh -huh. and it's almost like, yes, they're terrifying. Uh, demons are terrifying, but against the power of God, that's all they got. Like, hey, uh, yeah. hey, Jerry, what are we going to do? Like, I don't know, put, <laughs> put flies in her coffee. Like, what's that going to do? I don't know. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. And, and, you know, in case anybody has a, wants to tune out right now, just take this with you. Anything that manifests itself so blatantly, that's like so low level demonic stuff that it, it's, it's laughable. It, it's right. like, like mice in your house. And, you know, I have never seen a mouse literally hurt someone. <laughs> I have seen people hurt themselves trying to get away from mice. That's, and yeah. so... You, you, you don't leave them in your house. That's that's just stupid. Right. But you, you want to clean your house, but you don't have to be afraid of them. And mm. so because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to engender fear because that's what demons feed off of. And there are a couple ways to worship. And one of the ways to worship is through fear. And this is the reason why we're not supposed to fear them mm. and why it's so important to have that grasp of God's power and his glory and his holiness and his love. And all of these things come into play and why I, I am always, I know we're doing a scary movie today and we're going to be talking about demons, but our focus should always be pointed back to God. So anytime yeah. you come across something demonic, you just use that as a prompt. Oh, I need to focus on God more. I, I need to be looking towards him. And so, and there's different ways to do that. And we're going to be talking some more about Doug as the episode goes on. Um, because I got to spend a weekend with him and a whole group from the CRC ministry and amazing. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so, so let's get started. That way we can yeah. start getting into all these conversations in deep, <laughs> more deeply. Great. So this is available on Netflix and on HBO Max. So super easy if you guys have either of those. Uh, right now we're positive zero. You don't have to watch it at all. Um, it, let me check. It, it, it is a rated R movie, but uh, mostly for scares and, you know, demonic uh, scenes mm -hmm. and language, language also. So uh, just uh, but you don't have to see it because these are going to be very broad conversations as always. So uh, if you are, we're positive zero and we're getting started when I count down three, two, one and press play. And uh, that's how we're going to do it. OK, ready? Three, uh -huh. two, one, play. OK. You have the Warner Brothers logo yeah. breaking apart, coming towards you, turning, uh -huh. nighttime, to, and then the new line. Film strips. Okay. Okay, perfect. So there we are. So haunted houses, 
Uh, oh, yeah, starting with a different case. Kind of an introduction to yes. uh, to Lorraine and Ed Warren. Yeah, and we should note, I think, right off the bat, that this is very, very loosely based off their case files. Very loosely and based. <laughs> very loosely based. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and that's when one of the, the people who follow Ed and Lorraine have complained about is because it is so loosely based. And so we're starting out with the Annabelle case. Mm. And I... And Annabelle, even though they present her as creepy, creepy on this, is actually a Raggedy Ann doll. Right. There's pictures of, of Annabelle. <laughs> and yeah, it's a, it's a cute Raggedy mm -hmm. Ann doll. It can be scary, especially inside a case with a cross over it. <laughs> like they have it now. Right. They make it look terrifying, but yeah. Yeah. I Because... Okay, so Ed and Lorraine have their occult museum. It's been closed down because neighbors complained about the traffic. Um, but they keep all the stuff in the home that they lived in because they're both dead now, for anyone who doesn't know. Mm. Um, but it was really, it's interesting to me that, and I think this is one of the flaws in their, in their uh, methodology, is that they really believe that um, by keeping this stuff contained, that they're containing the demon that is attached to it. And so I, guys, don't keep demonic dolls in your basement. Yeah. Okay. I don't know who I have to tell that to, but <laughs> don't do it. Um, you know, demons do attach themselves to different things. I, I do believe that's real. Uh, there's been some things that I've seen like a, you know, flea markets or what have you that pretty, but then you pick it up and you just get that vibe. And he's like, that's not going home with me. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why, but that's just, that's not happening. Yeah. And uh, uh, for the record, if you're watching the movie, this, uh, this family, uh, these girls who live together, uh, they just lost mm -hmm. a security deposit. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> this Annabelle doll, they showed up and it's on the floor with a crayon in its hand and just drew all over the walls, smashed things up. So and in, <laughs> a reason not to keep to... De demonic things in your house. <laughs> Yeah, well, and if, if you um, go back and read any of the case fi files or um, listen to any, any of the interviews, when this started, they were actually, they weren't afraid of it. They actually gave this power or entity that's attached to this doll permission to stay. Mm, yeah. And they, they interacted with it as if it were a child. And it wasn't until it started getting out of hand that they started saying, Oh, wait a minute. This may not have been a great idea. Uh, you know, we, we have authority over demonic powers and especially as believers, we have authority over them. And so the last thing we want to do is give them permission to stay. Right. Uh, you just don't do that. <laughs> and so, and a lot of people think that it's really cool to interact with the supernatural and, there is a certain high that comes along with it. I, I'm not going to deny that. But at the same time, uh, that's part of the deception. That's part of the, the, the bait to draw you in. Uh, so don't, you know, don't get involved. Now here they're talking about how um, manipulative and deceptive the information they had gotten about the doll through a medium has been because that's the thing demons lie 
Okay. Yeah. Rule number one when dealing with demons. <laughs> <laughs> They're not above lying. <laughs> yeah, that, that is, and that's the reason why we don't interact with them. You cannot gain any information from a demon that is actually actionable. If you want something, if you want the truth, you go to God. And so, and they point out that the, the, the point of the demon, what, what it's doing is it wants to possess one of these girls. And that's what demons want. They, they do want possession. Now, I ascribe to kind of a, a, a controversial perspective on this, and, but I believe it's correct or I wouldn't ascribe to it. Like, you know, all of our beliefs, we believe they're correct, mm-hmm. um, that demons are not fallen angels. When I read through the Bible, I cannot find any place in the Bible where demons are angels. Angels are always angels. Yeah. And I believe that demons are actually the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. And if you want to know more about that, uh, by all means, go check out uh, Tim Steadman and Chris and their podcast, Answers to Giant Questions, or Dr. Heiser's work, because uh, they explain how all this works. And as such they used to have bodies mm-hmm. and so they want to return to it. And that's the reason why Legion, when Jesus cast Legion out, that it wanted to go into the pigs. It was a body. Hmm. So yeah, really interesting there, huh? Yeah. So <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the information that I've got from Ed and Lorraine is that they're not lying. Um, right. They had a skeptic, uh, a skeptic organization kind of investigate them, which they welcomed. And they told mm-hmm. them, we've seen this, we have this on video, we have pictures, mm-hmm. we can prove it outright. And this right. group kind of investigated them, and their videos and pictures were sketchy at best. Mm-hmm. Um, their mm-hmm. accounts were kind of hit or miss with the people that they, you know, they claimed they had these investigations with, or these, you know, these issues with. And at the end of the day, this skeptic group who didn't want to prove or disprove them. They just wanted to, sh- to really investigate and come to a, con- a, 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 you know, a conclusion. You know, they mm-hmm. weren't trying to destroy them or bolster them. Just what can we actually show and prove? And they said they sincerely believe in what they're doing. They're not, mm-hmm. s- they're not shysters. They're not trying to s- screw people out of money. They truly believe in what they're doing. It's just that it may not be exactly what they're saying you know like yeah so yeah there's not hard evidence according to what they have one of the really hard parts of when you have one of these experiences um is trying to convey to someone else what it was Mm, yeah and so you end up exaggerating to try to get them as bound up as as you were as wound up as you are i want to point out this out uh, the dog here does not want to go into the house. That's not uncommon, by the way. Right. <laughs> that uh, Animals pick up on this stuff. They don't have the same filters in place that we do. And uh, I'm not saying that every time your dog gets skittish that there's something evil lurking about. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have seen, um, matter of fact, our little dog, we had uh, something that showed up uh, in a house. And I heard footsteps walking through the house. And I went to investigate, and the dog went with me, and he went all Cujo. Now, this is a little Chewini, <laughs> losing its mind, and staring at the same corner that I'm hearing something. And it's a bare corner. There's nothing huh. there. 
So I, I, I have seen this happen and uh, more than once, but that was probably the most recent. So yeah, I um, thought that was kind of interesting. Okay, so this is a little strange. So uh, we talked, I don't know if it was while we were recording or before, but little things that uh, demons do to kind of try to stop you from doing stuff. Um, mm-hmm. we've been having an ant problem in our home, which is just regular for the <laughs> time, but we had mm-hmm. pretty much took care of them mostly. I didn't see any ants before. And now there's a ton of ants by my foot just out of nowhere, <laughs> which I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm more skeptical than not. I, if something right. happens, I generally tend to think that's just a natural thing that happens, but I'm also not above believing that may, maybe. And uh, right. it's not really a problem because smashy, smashy. <laughs> right. So, so it's not really a problem now. Well, but... and I, I do think we we should look for natural causes. Yeah. We should rule those out. I, I don't think we should immediately go, oh, my gosh, I'm under attack. I, I think one of the reasons we lose credibility is because, we, you know, so many Christians want to go, oh, it's got to be a demon. It's Satan's after me. It's Okay, Satan's probably not after you because most of us aren't that important. But, <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're, the idea that, you know, we live in a fallen, broken world and things happen. Yeah. It, it, it's just sometimes it has nothing to do with a demonic or spiritual attack. It's just the world we live in. Right. And this is the reason why the earth has to be redeemed, not just people, and why the earth groans for its redemption. And so I, I'm with you. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll double check. Can we rule out a natural cause? Can we, yeah. can we, you know, because it, it's still, this is still part of my life that I'm getting used to talking about. Because, <laughs> you know, you tell people, oh, yeah, I, I experienced this and they, they think you're, you're crazy. So here they're having, they're finding, you know, uh, the cellar has been boarded up. Right. And that's. Okay, now how dumb is this? I'm going to go explore a cellar with matches. Why don't they have a flashlight? Yeah, and again, <laughs> because and not just for, I mean, because matches don't last very long, and you don't know what's down there as far as gases, flammable materials. Right. I mean, just fi- open fire, open flames into a closed-down cellar is not the wisest move. Yeah, so you get the, the horror story. I, every horror movie has to have somebody doing something stupid, right? Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a story... Oh, and a piano in the basement. Yeah. Who's going to put a piano in the basement? Come on. Well, you know how many people in the, you know back in the uh, poor times, everyone had a piano. <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine like trying to cart that thing down in a basement uh, cell? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I've moved enough pianos. <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I do appreciate the fact that the movie kind of lets it build. Because that has been my experience that when there is some kind of demonic presence, it, it does tend to pick on the person who would be the least believed. Hmm. The one that's going to be doubted the most. And then... It's like, oh, well, if another family member sees it too, well, they don't want to be cast or characterized as the as you know the scapegoat of the family, the weird one. And so, even like uh, when I was, uh, 
a kid, my bedroom, I used to say that there was something in my room and I can still see it. I, I remember the feeling mm. and I would tell my parents that and they would say, oh, no, no, you're just imagining things. You're, you're just, you know, they would totally dismiss it. And then when I was grown and this house was, you know, way out of the picture, I was told, oh, yeah, the owner of the house killed himself in your bedroom. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, like, because there were, like, holes in the wall. And I was like, where are the holes? And I'm like, oh, somebody shot a gun in here. Well, they, you know, neglected that it went through his head. But, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, so if your kids say something, yeah, don't just dismiss them. <laughs> and, and here's, well, I've been doing some research because I'm, uh, you just moved into a house. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking, me and my wife are looking to buy a house. And oh, and I want to talk about bruising also in this movie. But yes. uh, the woman woke up, uh, the mother woke up with bruises on her leg. But um, yeah, uh, I've looked up what do sellers need to disclose whether a house is haunted or not. <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's actually a court precedent on this. Uh, a family moved into a home, I believe it was in New York. Um, and uh, they, they soon discovered that it was haunted. Uh, one of the kids was riding by the bike, and they're like, "Hey, did you know that your house is haunted?" And then they first <laughs> they they then started to see things, you know, people in their rooms mm-hmm. and you know in their bathrooms and beds shaking. Now mm-hmm. uh, we've been talking about demons and you know terrorizing people, but they actually quite enjoyed them. They never mm-hmm. scared them, or which as like I think we talked about this before with Doug. But are there ghosts that are just hanging out and not really looking to terrify anybody, or not, but um, they were actually quite fond of the ghosts. They didn't mind them at all. And so then, you know, as the kids grew up, they moved out. The father passed away. And so now this mother's left all alone with this house. She ended up selling it. And so then a gentleman bought it. And he soon found out afterwards, calling contractors. And they said, hey, what's the address of that house? Oh, that, you bought the haunted house. And so he, <laughs> wanted, he wanted to get out of the deal. Because you sold me a haunted house. You didn't tell me that it was haunted. This is bad. And what's funny is that he doesn't believe in ghosts. He didn't believe in ghosts. And he didn't. But he thought, you sold me a house for this price. And it's going to be hard. If people believe that it's haunted, it's it's going to be worth less when I sell it. So Uh it was... It wasn't about him <laughs> believing in the ghost. It was that other people believe in ghosts. Therefore, you know, it affects the price. And so they went to court. They, I think they settled out of court. But I think the judge ruled that it's really a buyer beware situation. You have to mm. ask because, and he said that as a matter of law, ghosts don't exist. As a matter right. of law. So yeah. you can't use that. But at the same time, perception does matter. If somebody you know, died in the house, if somebody, Mm -hmm. if it was involved in a, you know, a situation that makes it a notorious location, that does affect the price of other people, but it's up to the buyer to do their due diligence, just like a leak, just like, you know, problem with the foundation. It's their job to really look at whether, you know, to find out and to ask the right questions. So that's good for me to know, you know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I. No, because I have. I lived in a house that was built in 1840, 
And so I know what a haunted house is. <laughs> and um, I, that, that house was not just haunted, it was possessed. Mm. Uh, it was, it, it, yeah, it was crazy. And so, but you know, I dealt with it and I, I learned how to deal with it. I, uh, Doug Obermeyer has a book called Peace in Your Home. And he, he gives kind of the basic foundations. He gives you a lot of theology up front and then the application in the back about cl- how to clean your house. And, but I, you know, I've kind of done this already. So when we bought this one, I was like, eh, we'll deal with whatever's there. I like the house. And guess what? I get to reclaim the space. I get to say, no, this isn't a place where darkness reigns. This is a place where God reigns. Mm. And so that's, that's kind of my attitude. So I wasn't too worried about it. Plus it's a pretty new house. Uh, So you are only seven years old, not a lot of history to accumulate there. Now we have, the uh, we we have the the scene now that they're in the occult museum, and they've got all of these items that they've collected. And this is a real place. Um, you can go online and see pictures of things that they have uh, collected over the years. And you know, people often ask, well, how do items become possessed? And uh, one of the ways that they become possessed is they're used in a ritual um, of some sort that they uh, become an object of worship that they, um, you know, rituals don't have to be by the dark of the moon, uh, you know, (laughs) on the southeast corner. It can just be something that people use for a luck charm. It can be used for something that you just, you know, focus your attention on when you're, involved in some kind of sacred event, whether we're talking holy sacred, you know, when I say a religious event might be better. Sure. And so, um, you know, everybody knows, like, here's a, a good innocuous example. I think everybody knows that the blankets that grandma makes for the grandkids are the best blankets in the world. Phenomenal. Yeah. And yes, nobody can come close to that. Why? Because your grandma, while she was sitting there sewing that thing, was thinking about the grandchild she loved. That intent carries into that item. And so, you know, it's not the same as grandma's hug, but that's what she's conveying. So, you know, that's a good way that it happens. Mm. And, uh, you know, so if you're if you're clutching something every time you're it curls, every time you're angry, that's another intent. So um, now here they're showing. Um, this is the bad thing about movies. We have to jump around a lot. Yeah. Uh, they were showing her uh, brush her daughter's hair. Her daughter did not live at home with them. Mm, yeah. uh, their their daughter could not stand being around all the the evil objects. Uh, so and plus they traveled so much with the work that they were doing that she actually stayed with her grandparents so she could stay in school and have kind of a regular schedule. And so I thought it was interesting that she she couldn't live in the house with everything. Yeah. And, you know, I think just uh, to, to attach this to something else is uh, that's often something that happens with pastors and people who work in the church is that they work themselves to the bone. And often, mm-hmm. like I've heard plenty of like kids of pastors and church leaders say that, yeah, they were always at somebody else's home, like, you know, mm-hmm. read, you know, doing Bible studies or praying with them and stuff. And they were never mm-hmm. in our house. And right. it's kind of like, you know, that, that religious thing, that Christian thing that you want to spread God's word, you want to help people, but you often kind of forget to stay home. 
you know, with your yeah. own family, that's kind of a common thing that happens. Absolutely. And, and Ed and Lorraine Warren were devout Catholics. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we need to point that out that they did. I think a lot of their, their theology and methodology was wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, at the same time, they, they had a real faith. And when you listen to them talk, they always go back to God. They always go back to God being bigger. They believe that part of the reasons why these manifestations occur is so that people can witness the power of God. And so I thought that was, I did appreciate that about them. Um, I think part of the reason why there's, they were kind of led astray in, a, in some areas is we got to remember the time period this was happening. I mean, this is in the 70s and they yeah. started in the 60s and the 50s, you know, not too long after they got married, they started, they got into this mm-hmm. and nobody was teaching on this at point in time. Uh, I believe I had the dates. So I meant to look them up. We talked about it on the Exorcist um, movie when we went up, when Doug and I did that. But the Catholic Church wasn't even performing exorcisms at this point. Right. They had dis- so there's no information. They're having to assemble everything they know from you know other people, old books. They didn't really have a way to vet the information they were getting, and they don't have any formal theological training. So there's been a lot of um, a lot of progress made in studying this sort of thing yeah. since this time. But they they really were the ones who kind of opened the doors for it. Uh, matter of fact, they were they were known as the pioneers of the paranormal. That was one of their their nicknames. Mm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So in some ways, we owe them a, a little bit of a debt of gratitude for right. shedding some light on this. But don't follow their example. <laughs> yeah. Well, much like uh, early scientists who discover something, they discover something mm-hmm. really important, but a lot of their basis is kind of wrong. You know, a yes. lot of their conclusions are wrong, but they mm-hmm. started at a really great place. <clears throat> and and yes. then ever since then, others have built on that discovery. And maybe, yeah, Ed and Lorraine kind of did that for the... Uh, the demonic, you know, uh, kind of investigation world and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. They, well, they, you know, they rediscovered something that the church had lost. Yeah. And th- so yeah often, that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. Well, I, I think what happens is when we as Christians put down something, when we step away from it, we actually end up kind of disarming ourselves and it leaves us vulnerable. And so I think when we're unaware of these sorts of things, it, it makes us very vulnerable to them. And because I had no idea. Well, the first time I experienced any kind of supernatural phenomenon uh, or I've done, I've had it happen my whole life. But as I started processing through it and realizing more, I had no idea how to categorize it. So it was really difficult for me to know how to put the stuff into words. And so, you know, like Lorraine calls herself a clairvoyant. Mm. Uh, I would never, ever use that word. Um, with Doug, one of the words that he's uh, made more comfortable for me to use is seer. Yeah. And that's a very biblical word. And so that's, uh, it. go back to our study in Samuel. Samuel was a seer, a roe. So, uh, they they uh, worked with phys- uh, sorry psychics and mediums. I would never 
never, ever work with a medium or a psychic. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it's almost like the Ouija board thing. You could be just a bunch of, you know, silly kids wanting to have fun. You're doing something that other that demons can take advantage of. So it's not even like you're doing something like seriously. You're just having fun. And, you know, like you said, not only are demons liars, they're, you know, they're just terrible, you know, beings in general. And so they <laughs> just take any opportunists. And so especially for, you know, psychics and, you know, those kinds of folks, it's... You know. Yeah, having another spirit come in and take over your body, not cool. Uh, birds, this is they just showed the pigeon has flown into the house and broken its neck. Um, it's really interesting because I actually talked to Doug about this not too long ago about birds being, uh, they seem to like be hyper responsive to any kind of spiritual energy. Mm. And yeah, it, it's it's crazy. And I have this thing about Grackles in particular, I hate them. I, I, I don't <laughs> hate birds, but this bird I hate. Uh, give me a buzzard any day. And they will fly into my car. If I park in a parking lot with my windows down, they will fly in my car. <laughs> then I called Nathan and I gripe at him for an hour because a freaking grackle flew into my car again. <laughs> so, and here we go. We got the, the youngest daughter. Uh, she's, she's seen something in the house, but she's having to look in the mirror of this little wind up toy. Um, by the way, this was complete fabrication for the movie. Yeah. This did not happen. Uh, and you've got that wonderful, uh, spiral, uh, design there that will throw back to the saw movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you, you got little hints like that and, Mom's seen it, and she's, she's picking up on something, <clears throat> and she doesn't know how to categorize it. Uh, she she could feel something. I don't think she actually saw it. So April kind of uh, jumped in there before uh, she got to see actually what was happening. Yeah. But and this I... is uh, not a – go ahead. No, no, please. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, you know, it's not uncommon for the youngest member – of the family to be the one to pick up on the stuff first. Yeah. And just Dis- dismiss them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I totally forgot what I was going to say now. It wasn't, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. This is just, uh, and again, they're playing kind of a Marco Polo kind of game where you, you know, and, but they're at the top of this, mm-hmm. they're upstairs with, so not, not mm-hmm. the wisest of things, <laughs> of decisions because there's an open staircase, like right at some point. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I lost it. Yeah, it's, I get it. I, and so, and there she is hitting the, the railing. At least she hit the railing, thank God. Uh, but, yeah, and Ed and Lorraine, both, even as young children, had witnessed different things. And Ed's father had told him that, there's a logical reason for everything that happens in this house and would send him back to bed with whatever was happening in his room. And that is so common. Uh, maybe not that wording, but like I said, that, Oh, you've got such an active imagination. Oh, you're just, you know, you're pretending. And you know, that's one of the things um, Doug was so good about when his daughter began talking to him about his experience, about her experiences 
he actually took her seriously. Mm. And he began to research this stuff and he began formulating kind of a biblical lens to look at this and to deal with this and to not dismiss her. And so I, I can only imagine what that would have been like to, to have that experience. Yeah. Because so often when you see this stuff, you know, it's real. You, you, there's no doubt. And what's really interesting is almost everyone I've talked to who's had a supernatural encounter like this will tell you that in the moment they were so certain that they were encountering something evil, Hmm. but then they step away from it and then they begin to doubt. They begin to downplay. They begin to think, Oh, well, you know, surely I just saw something wrong. Uh, My eyes are playing tricks on me and they begin explaining why they can't trust their senses. Right. And, you know, you know, I, I totally believe we can have active imaginations. We can, we can have eyes that play tricks on us sometimes, but when you're in the moment and it really, it isn't just that it is a reality that you're encountering something evil, you know it. Right. There's no doubt. And so, you know, your kid comes into your room at three o'clock in the morning, shivering and crying please, please, please do not send them back to bed and tell them that they're just imagining things. You know, teach, teach them to go back into that room. You go with them. You pray over that room. You pray over that child. You tell whatever's evil to get out of your house. Take authority over it. Mm-hmm. And then teach your child how to turn to Jesus and how to worship Jesus and how to praise him for being there and being a protector and how to fill their minds with that side of, of our belief. So that whenever they have that fear, they know how to push back and and to know that they are cared for. So, um, and by by all means, get the book, Doug's book, Peace in Your House. Mm. Uh, That's going to be so helpful. And so we're here with the girls in their room. Um, Have you ever had an experience like this? I'm just going to. I've, there's one thing that I remember, but it's one of those things where I don't trust my senses. I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. like a dream or a memory that I made up or something, but I remember I was in Mexico and uh, visiting family and stuff. And I was asleep in one of the rooms uh, next to my mom. We were sharing a bed and uh, I heard because there's often, you know, adults who stayed up late and they, you know, Mm -hmm. sat in chairs in the hallway and chatted and stuff. And I could hear chairs shuffling and uh, I, you know, I was a child and I was like, oh, there's people still up. So I got up, I opened the door, and the, I saw a chair slide in front of the door and then stop. And uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, and so that really scared me. I shut the door and ran back to bed. Uh, but again, it's almost it's foggy enough that I could have made it up, uh, or I just imagined it <laughs> <laughs> because I was very young. So that's the only real experience that I've had. And because I am truly, and I shouldn't be, I really shouldn't be, terrified, <laughs> terrified of ghosties. I, I'm really, like, even if, like, one just shows up and, like, smiles and says, hey, how's it going? I would flip out. So, I don't know why, because, again, I know that I have put power over them. I know that, you know, uh, whatever, maybe they're not demonic. Maybe they're just, like, you know, shadows of a previous person or whatever. I don't want to see one. I don't want to deal with one, which is why I appreciate Doug's 
Because one, one wonderful thing that Doug said is that there was a person who wasn't a believer who asked him, I just need something because there's something in my house. And he just made up a little prayer. He just said, just say these words. Mm-hmm. Like it's not because it's not people expect there to be a, an incantation of sorts. Like these mm-hmm. exact mm-hmm. words made in this order with like, you know, I don't know, cinnamon right. and, you know, eye of newt and they'll <laughs> go away. He just said, just say, uh, God has power over this house. Uh, you know, you know, God, please clean this room for me. And then, you know, and see if that works. And it worked, you know, this person who wasn't a believer who <laughs> mm-hmm. just asked God to help and it worked. And because it's not an incantation, it's not this, you know, thing it's, you know, in some ways, I think it would be easier if it was because yeah. it seems too simple. It seems too easy just to say, God, I need your help. You know, God, show up. Yeah. And we don't trust things that are that simple. Who else in our life can we turn to and just go, I need help? I mean, I can't even do that with my parents. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can ask for help, but they're going to be like, I've got to rearrange this, or I've got to do that, or I don't feel, I mean, they've always got, you know, they've got their life demands. I'm not saying my parents won't help me, but it's not that simple. And so to know that I can call out to God and that he is just as real, more real than any kind of evil presence I may sense, I may see, uh, they, they had the smells, they were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, I've experienced that too. Uh, and and the really cool thing is for every demonic evil manifestation that you can experience, there's a godly, holy manifestation. And because the, the enemy can't create anything, the enemy can only pervert what God has created. Yeah. And so, you know, I have been in situations where, intense times of worship where I have smelt the most beautiful fragrances and it wasn't some, because somebody had perfume on, it would just be in that moment while we were in worship. And so, uh, you know, so yes, foul smells are part of the, the equation. And sometimes that's something to just pay attention to. Mm. And so, you know, the thing is we shouldn't, they, they aren't reason to be afraid. And I think that's one of the reasons why as I've gotten older, as I've gotten more experienced, if I see or experience something like that, I just go, oh, okay, Lord, what are we up to today? I mean, I I immediately take my my focus off of whatever that is, and I go right to God. Mm. And it's almost like a reflex now. But I mean, I've been practicing it for years. This isn't something that just happened overnight. But you don't get fascinated by the evil. And I think that's where people are. This is why movies like this sell. Yeah. Because people are fascinated with evil. And I love this scene because Ed was known for going through and debunking. Like if he, there was a house that he's like, okay, here's a natural cause. This is what's making the sound. This is why you're hearing that. I, and we should point out too, they never took any money for actually helping a family. Mm, yeah. It, any money they made was off of books or lectures. So, uh, and here we got the bruising again. You were going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Well, and this is what I was wondering also when it comes to, um, uh, you know, tarot cards and Ouija boards. When they were making this movie, the middle daughter, the actress that plays the middle daughter, mm-hmm. she actually developed a bruising problem. 
where she oh, really? just got yeah she all the the directors like you know they would show up for makeup and she had bruising on her like arms and and torso and they're like we got to cover this up why did you like what were you doing were you you know and she's like mm-hmm. nothing i don't remember getting these at all and so then you know they just got worse and so she went to the doctor and she all of a sudden had this blood issue that was really rare it's usually for older people but she as a young girl got it and so they had to be really careful on her filming because it's the kind of thing where you could injure yourself and not know it, you know, because, mm. and so they were, it was really, really this whole, you know, this problem during the filming of this movie that all of a sudden she developed this blood disorder. And so now she had to deal with this for the rest of her life. It was like one of those kinds of things. And then once the filming stopped and she went back home, they, you know, the doctors checked up on her to make sure you know, what, what can we do from now on? And it was gone. It just all of a sudden went away. And it's not something that just goes away all of a sudden. It may go away gradually, but very rarely. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden it was gone. And so that's something that happened. And also Vera Formiga actually started seeing scratches on herself, uh, which she took pictures of. And so I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you're not a believer and you're just dealing with this stuff, can you manifest them or invite them just simply because you're talking about demons and they weren't in the house at the house. They had their own, this is a set. Right. So. Absolutely. I mean, I, I believe that one of the things we do is when we pay attention to something, we, we basically, if you're using like tarot cards or a Ouija board or what have you, you're basically sending out a signal that says, I'm interested in this. I, I'm open to this, and uh, this is why we don't mess with those things. Mm. Uh, one time, um, I, I had uh, I knew better. I was a believer. I'd already gone through some stuff. I knew better. I picked up a uh, there was a scrying board with a crystal pendulum, and I don't want to like tell people how to use it, but I was like using the pendulum, and you're supposed to to uh, tune it in, if you will. And so I asked some questions that I knew were true and I got the right answer and it was, I mean, it was immediately responsive. And then uh, I asked, should I be doing this? And like literally the pendulum jumped from one side of the board to the other to stop. And then it jumped again. Now was what it said. And I'm like, I am out. I am done. And I felt like God just gave me this giant smackdown. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I knew better because there is a fascination and I never wanted, you know, downplay that because there, there's something really enticing. And and what people don't realize, this is what drew Eve to the tree. And we're like, okay, she ate some fruit. No, she was after the same kind of knowledge that people are after when they're they're using tarot cards or Ouija boards or scrying boards or scrying um, mirrors or bowls or what have you, it's the same thing. Hmm. And you know we want to blame Eve and oh she she just ruined everything for everyone. Well, you can't tell me that you're any better when you want to play with this stuff because God says you know, He's the source of truth. Why would we not go to Him for truth? All we're trying to do is get knowledge that he either has decided to withhold from us or knowledge that we haven't, we don't want to go through the proper disciplines to get to. Mm. 
And sometimes the discipline is study. Sometimes the discipline's prayer. Sometimes it's, med- it's meditating on the words. Sometimes and, it's fasting. And sometimes it's not for us to to know about. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just stuff that we yeah. should avoid. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's you know, there's just there's things are off limit for a reason. And I think we this is where we need to view God as that parent, and the parent who says, you know, don't touch the hot stove. Mm. isn't doing it because they're being mean to us. <laughs> <laughs> they are actually trying to save us a lot of hurt. And I find that very interesting that Eve destroyed everything. The reason why <laughs> these stories are told is to teach us something. And the the first bunch of stories are basically people saying, I don't need God. I'll do mm-hmm. it myself. From the Tower of mm-hmm. Babel to the people, Noah's Ark, everyone out, you know, mm-hmm. who was left behind, mm-hmm. you know, Adam and Eve. It's basically, and it's something that we continue to do, which is why God is trying to teach us that there are people and we are, you know, we're weak to this also to say, mm-hmm. I don't need you. I'll do it myself or my way is better than your way. It's, yes. it, we have a drive to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, And I think that that story, Adam and Eve and the Tower of Babel, that's what it's telling us. We as human beings are drawn to want to do things ourselves. God says, this is how to live a good, happy life. And we're like, nah, I'd rather do it in my way. (laughs) I know more than you do, God. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, and that's what we're saying. When we say that our way is better than what God has ordained for us, that's exactly what we're saying. I know more than you do. And we need to stop and think about how stupid that is. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's just no other word for it. <laughs> I mean, and, and what's sad is when you go out on these, these ways of trying to get knowledge, where we aren't just rejecting God, we're accepting God's enemy as our allies. Mm, yeah. And, you know, this, these are beings that have rebelled against God. They have stated their intended purpose. It's to hurt God's creation. And we've said we love them more than we love God. And there's a reason why God hates this stuff. And, you know, if you think of, you know, a father and a child or a mother and a child, when that child turns around and looks at a mom and says, I hate you, even if it's just in a, you know, a brief moment, and every kid says it at some point, my daughter said it at different points, I'm sure I said it at some point, how much that injures the mom. Mm. And that's what basically what we're saying to God. Oh, and there's the the creepy yeah. thing jumping out of the ceiling. Uh, and so this is where dad starts to get a clue. Now, I don't, did you hear the real life story of how this went down? Yeah, it, um, I, I, I watched <laughs> I watched a video and read a few articles on how this all, on what actually happened in this home. Because the dad, he didn't believe any of this to begin with. Mm-hmm. He he was denying all of it, and he actually did not admit that he saw or experienced anything until after the daughters were grown. Hmm. And so, and because the middle, I think it's the middle uh, parent daughter, she wrote like a three volume book set on everything they experienced there. I did not read it. 
yeah. I gave you a, I gave you two weeks and you couldn't read three volumes of, <laughs> of books about one case. <laughs> if I hadn't been moving, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, and there are various. Um, they're showing a film of an exorcism. Uh, this kind of stuff does happen. You have the 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 crazy. Um, Wounds that appear, uh, vomiting is very, very common with exorcisms. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed makes it very clear that he does not do exorcis- exorcisms because he is part of the Catholic Church, and according to the Catholic Church, only a priest can do an exorcism. Um, Protestants, we don't, we don't hold to that. I have been involved with them because we believe in the priesthood of the believer, mm-hmm. and so I have been involved in those. But I do want to say. That's not something to just jump into. Yeah. You know, you you, you want to be very, very careful. Um, and I would not do it unless you're with somebody who has studied and had experience, prior experience. And they're they're going through the three levels right now, the infestation, um, infiltration, and was it possession? I, I missed that. Oppression. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, I do think, infestations are a really good way to put it uh that it, when you start dealing with the demonic it, it's it's that mice it's that mouse example i used earlier now the movie has the mom going to ed moraine she did not go to them by the way she she actually they heard rumors and they went to her hmm. and so because in the early days lorraine would use her clairvoyant uh gift to um, how she refers to it, to pick out haunted houses, Ed would paint them, and then they would use that as a as a foothold to get into the house and mm-hmm. to try to look around the house and see what was going on. So they actually sought out a bunch of these cases at the very beginning, and I thought that was really interesting yeah, that they. The, it, it, they chase this down. <laughs> yeah, it seems like something that is pretty underhanded, but also something that Ooh. you you can picture them justifying what they were doing. I yeah, I really think they wanted to help. Yeah, I I, I think they I think they wanted to understand themselves. Because when Lorraine started seeing auras around the age nine, uh, she was in Catholic school, and the mother superior told her, "We don't talk of, we don't speak of those kinds of things." And so she made her shut up about it. And so I think they they were trying to figure themselves out. Lorraine actually said she never wanted to be different. And anybody I've ever dealt with who has the ability to to pick up on the stuff in the spiritual realm. They will tell you they did not seek this out. Mm, yeah. They did not want it. Um, it makes you weird. Okay. I, I can say that because that's you feel weird. You uh, you spend your whole life trying to not feel out of place. And so anybody who says they want this or have chased it down or you know, okay, number one, they're idiots. And I'm gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna apologize for that. Yeah. And number two, number two, they're probably fabricating more than what they're really experiencing. Yeah. So. Well, and it's almost like that thing that we were talking about before. You're, they're opening the door that uh, that they probably mm-hmm. shouldn't be open. So it's yeah, it could be one of those two things. They're inviting it in, or they're just making it up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and, and that's really what has hurt people like me because there are so many people who make it up. Mm. And so it, it's like, you know, when you can debunk everything and, you know, nine times out of 10, I'm not going to be able to prove any of my experiences. Uh, you're just going to have to rely on whether or not you trust me as a person. And, you know, uh, and I've got to the point, I don't feel the need to, to even try to defend and, and try to prove to anyone because what's the point? Yeah. And so, but, uh, for a long time, I wouldn't talk about it because it made me feel so, so self-conscious. And so, the, but Ed and Lorraine did go to this house and, uh, they did do an investigation. And one of the things that they do is Lorraine goes into the house and she's considered what's to be a, a light trance medium. So she, she knows what's going on around her. She goes into a little bit of a trance, but she's never completely unaware, or she did. Um, and she she picks up on these things. And you can do this. Uh, it's possible for people with these sensitivities to kind of go into a state. I don't know if I'd call it a trance where you're a little bit more aware. Uh, most of the time, we don't because... Uh, and I don't even advise it because here's my, my view. If I need to be aware of something going on in the spiritual realm, God will tell me. Yeah. God, God will reveal it to me. I don't have to reach out for it. I don't have to try to, to make something happen. And so people who try to make it happen really, they, they, they bother me because they either aren't trusting God to reveal what needs to be revealed in the proper time, or they're, they're wanting to, to contact something evil. Who wants to contact something evil? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. somebody who doesn't understand its power, you know, mm -hmm. it's, and mm -hmm. again, not stronger than God, probably not stronger than us, but certainly can fool us into, or can manipulate us into, you know, into giving them that power. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, the, that's what they hold out. That's, that's the, the bait is I can give you power. I can make you wise. I can make you richer, prettier, what have you. That's the bait, you know, like Satan in the garden, you'll be like God, mm. you know? And so we have to be, we have to be willing to trust God with everything we, we need to know. And that's, that's not always easy because God takes his sweet time about everything. <laughs> he never gets into a hurry. And so, you know, that's okay. We, and that's our job is to learn to be okay. Cause that's the perks of being God. He gets to make those decisions. Yeah. And so, and I always love it. You know, every time there's a ghost, he's always dressed in some kind of period costume or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it's uh, it's an old uh, stand-up comedian uh, joke of like, why aren't there any hipster ghosts? Like, why, right? why don't like we? Why doesn't anybody wake up and see a dude in the scar in the scarf in the corner, like asking you for your Wi-Fi password? Like, <laughs> like, why don't you see that anymore? Like, or what, it's always old-timey people. It's <laughs> well, and you know, a lot of times. Um... People will be like, oh, well, I know it's a ghost because it appeared to me this way. Well, demons can appear however they want. Yeah. Um, 
you you need to to be careful just because I, there is no soul wandering around going, I'm lost. Okay, okay. Uh, there, I have no idea where I'm going. I'm not saying that every manifestation is a demon. I, I do believe there are such things as ghosts. Uh, I believe that sometimes people who are dead can come back and visit loved ones. Um, but there's there's no just soul going. Oh, I I, I have no idea what I'm doing here. You know, yeah, that, that's not they're how trapped it works. In their, like, yeah, my, again, and this is always funny, is my mom's like, uh, you know, oh, there's maids. You know, oh, you could see somebody like a, you know, oh, I see a maid, a woman in a maid costume, in a maid outfit, mm-hmm. cleaning. And my mom's like, you think I'm going to be stuck in this house, like cleaning it after <laughs> I'm dead? Are you kidding me? I'm leaving the moment I can. <laughs> so yeah. <it's, laughs> when okay, so I'm kind of treading on some some controversial ground here, sure, but sure. my experience has been, demons want to stay. Mm. that's that's their thing they want to stay they either want to stay in a location they want to stay attached to an object they want to stay attached to a person they want to stay ghost they're passing through mm. and sometimes sometimes they you know like i am 100 convinced my dad had just died and when we'd gone through some of his stuff, uh, there was a notebook, and he had written out the uh, lyrics to Colin Ray's Love Me in the notebook. And when we, had, we were leaving to go make funeral arrangements, and we had stepped out on the front porch, and there was an old radio sitting on the front porch. It wasn't plugged in. It didn't have any batteries. My mom, my daughter, and I were all three present when that radio came on. And what's, I mean, we're just walking by it. Comes on, no power source. And what's the song it's playing? Colin Ray's Love Me. And uh, the, the song is about a guy, who, uh, this couple, and he tells his wife, if you get there before I do, don't wait up on me. I'll be there when my chores are through. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 I think it was dad saying, hey, I'm okay. Mm. I'm okay. And I think my mom needed that. So, you know, he, he, he showed up. He made his presence known. Hey, I'm cool. And, and you know, dad's not hanging around. You know? <laughs> He's got better places to be. At the <laughs> he he really does. And, and so now, and another time, my my grandmother came and woke me up. I was running late for an exam, one of my final exams, and she woke me up. I know it was her. Did she ever show up again? Nope. But I needed her help in that moment. Mm. So you know, so ghosts pass through they they do whatever you know god gives them special permission to do whatever and then they go, they go back and do what they need to be doing which isn't anything here on earth so i i do appreciate that uh, distinction because demons don't want to i mean look at them in the bible don't drive us out don't you know why are you paying us any mind son of david uh you know if you gotta send us out send us to the pig they want to stay hmm. And so I think that's one, I'm not going to say it's the, the way to tell the difference, but I think that's one way to tell the difference. But here's the thing. Differences don't really matter. If you have a spiritual manifestation, you tell it to go where it needs to go in Jesus' name, and you go on with your life. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> but then we've got the the recording. Oh, I've forgotten about this part. It's been a couple of weeks since I watched this. Mm-hmm. So um, we actually moved into a house uh, this past week. And the first night here at 3 o'clock, 
I had an owl outside my window going nuts. And I mean, like crazy nuts. Now I'm Native American. Owls are like full of all kinds of symbolism. So you can't grow up without being aware. And I tried to record this owl like three different times. I tried to record it and it would not pick up. There is no reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm like, okay, Lord, what are we up to? I mean, and you know what? It shut up. It went away. And I didn't, it has not been back since. (laughs) So, because I think it's purpose and it's plot, if it was spiritually motivated, it could have just been an owl. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Because the point is, I turn back to God. That's my, that's the proper position for me as a believer to be in. Hmm. And so if it was spiritual, it didn't scare me. It didn't get any fear to feed off of it or keep it here. And so, okay, this drives me crazy, this scene here. Okay, number one, where in the world would they get all this information? Yeah, they just collected okay. all this information on this one house. <laughs> yeah, you can't find this much information on a house on the internet today. No. I mean, come on. But here, here's the thing. This is not necessary. You don't need to get to the root cause. You don't need to find out what horrible event is tying these spirits to this uh, place. It, it doesn't matter. Mm. It, it, I think I think that's what people, they want the mystery. They want it to be kind of glamorous, and I get to play super sleuth, and I get to eat it. That's, God doesn't yeah. tell us to do that. That's a really good way of putting it. It's like it's, they're presenting this like almost like a crime, like a true crime movie Mm -hmm. you know where like Mm -hmm. oh let's find out who committed the murder oh what are the clues what are we uncovering here and yeah that's that's a really good point that we have we're driven to that like because it would it makes it that much more glamorous yeah and we don't need to and so you know we're never like at the mercy of these spiritual beings because we don't have the right piece of information we have the only piece of information we need, and that's Jesus died and rose again and redeemed us from evil, and he rules over this earth, and we get to manifest that in our lives. Mm. And so I, and I, that's the reason why I always want to bring it back. I always want to bring it back to Jesus. God and Jesus, will, Holy Spirit, will reveal everything you need to know. And it, back to that, you know, it's not an incantation. It, it's You don't have to you know, have the chicken wing in the darkest of the moon. And, you know, it, 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 it's just not that way. Now, um, I think it's really crazy how um, they're, you know, they're trying all the stuff to, to uh, capture it, to, to get evidence of it. Mm. Uh, like they're going to outsmart it. Okay. You're never going to outsmart <laughs> it. <laughs> that just cracks me up because even if these beings weren't dumb as dirt to begin with, they've been alive since before the flood. Yeah. They've learned something over the years. So <laughs> uh, if you think you're smarter than, than a spiritual entity that's been around for millennia, I hate to burst your bubble. Uh, you're not. And yeah. this is why we have to rely on God. Now, the thermostat thing, I can confirm that happens. Um, there is this crazy, crazy weird phenomenon where you can go someplace where something evil has happened, something awful, and the temperature will fall. Hmm. And 
they, Ed and Lorraine called it a psychic cold. Now, I would never use that terminology, but I get what they're meaning. It's I, I would call it a spiritual cold. Mm, yeah. And that's usually one of my tip-offs, you know, when everybody, and I run cold anyway, so I, I always check, okay, what's the actual temperature? Am I, you know, is it just my thyroid's off again? And, but a lot of times I, I found out there's a reason for it later. Uh, not that I'm, you know, I don't, I never research this stuff. I, I just, I don't, And but it's always interesting to me to see uh, what bits of information get throughout my way. Yeah, because it will happen, and so I'll, I'll get what I need to uh, need to know. But they're getting ready to talk about the the seance, aren't they? Yeah, getting ready to come up on. Oh and, Lord, can uh, we talk about how? Go, yeah, go about talk about what? They talk about how wrong having a seance is. Yeah, you. you yeah. Oh, that's. Yeah. Again, it's what we've been talking about. You're inviting something in. You're not just like you know, like calling them on the phone. They're they don't use the phone. They use doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doors. Yeah, um, Doug often refers to them as portals. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely, uh, it. One of the things I thought was really interesting, and I don't even realize it. I don't know if Ed Lorraine realized how contradictory they were in this because they did use seances to try to determine different things. Uh, but at the same time, they, they would tell people over and over cause they had a, a TV show shortly for a short period of time in the nineties. And they would tell people, don't talk to the spirits. We don't talk to the spirits. And then they would have a seance and I'm like, do you <laughs> guys, there's a problem here. Yeah. <laughs> What's the disconnect? <laughs> so, yeah. And then try, try and to record it all. I should mention also, and I talked about this uh, in the coming attractions, this house is for sale. Not, <laughs> yeah. not the actual, not the set, the actual house that this is based on. And it's funny because the, the real estate agents, they're playing way into the haunted house. There's a video mm -hmm. where you could like where they're presenting the house and they have like a girl like in a white dress, like in the ring with the hair over the head, oh. clawing <laughs> at the walls and walking like, you know, doing the spider walk. And they're, you know, it's like really creepy. And I'm like, are you trying to sell the house or what are you doing? Because, <laughs> you know, they don't show video of real hauntings. They're presenting it like a horror movie. And right. so... Yeah, and, and I've talked about how, like, you know, go and listen to it because I give a lot of information. You're, you, have to, you have to prove that you can afford the house because they don't want people, like, wanting to mm -hmm. go through the open house like it's, uh, you know, like just mm -hmm. to look at the house. They're taking serious offers. And, they, <laughs> and so it's $1.2 I, I forget. Go listen to the, to the coming <laughs> I talk all about it. But, yeah, they're actually selling this house. And well, I don't the, know who would want to buy it or why. <laughs> well, the current owners are current uh, have been renting it out for tours and for ghost hunters to come and do their thing in. Uh, matter of fact, not too long ago, Ed Lorraine's son-in-law, who he started working with them on ghost hunts, and then uh, he married their daughter. Uh, he actually went back to the house to see what he could pick up, see if they could, they had all the EMF readers and, you know, all the good stuff. 
And the owners had actually put like um, the Raggedy Ann dolls sitting around. There were Ouija boards in various places. And uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting because this guy, I, I think his name's Steve, and I should have written it down, but I thought I would remember. Uh, he He's really, he's like, he, he was doing what they call religious provocation. Hmm. And basically he was bringing in crucifixes and holy water and having people, uh, you know, he's Catholic. So they were praying to St. Michael and they were praying to, to God and they were, you know, trying to get these spirits to, to react. And they had some, some quasi kind of maybe sort of things happen while they were taping. Uh, I, just kind of went, okay, I, I'm not going to go hunt them at hunt them down. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point of that? But, uh, so, but he had, they'd rented it out for a couple of nights so that they could see what they could get. And, uh, evidently either there's not as much money in it as the current owner thinks there should have been, or they got tired of dealing with it, but they were not using it as their primary residence. Right. And, so, oh, <laughs> and again, I talked about this before. Uh, if you're going to move in, move into only one room at first, you know, because they, you know, the go- you need to ease your way in because the ghosts, you know, you don't want to freak them out. You don't want to upset them. They live there and you don't want to just start moving all your stuff all over the house. Oh, And so no. just move into one room, you know, and ease your way in. And also, if you're going to do any changes, paint the room, put carpeting in, ask the ghosts first. Ask the ghosties oh, no. uh-huh. if it's okay to do that. And so, yeah, again, I talk about the, the it's it's really <laughs> silly. It's really weird. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about things that are not happening. That's my house. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever, I, don't, I don't know. How do you feel about these ghost tours, ghost, you know? Like... Uh, I've been on one. Um, you know, I, I think that in in some ways it's asking for trouble because you've got so much concentrated attention mm-hmm. on evil stuff on things that are supposed to make you afraid. And it's like, why would you do that? And yeah. so, uh, yeah, I don't even, I'm not scared of them. They, I, I, the one I went on, I was actually kind of bored with to just be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, it's like, what's, What's the point? What am I trying to accomplish? Sure. And I, I think that for a lot of people, they they want that brush with the supernatural. Well, why do they want that brush with the supernatural? It's because we've stopped presenting a supernatural experience with God. And so, you know, we, we need to get back to that point to where people can actually have a supernatural experience of the right kind. Yeah. Uh, so, it is. And, it's entertainment is what it is it's mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I, I, I don't think it's <laughs> go ahead. i don't think it's horrible if somebody goes on one sure, but, sure. i mean it, i'm not gonna throw rocks at you <laughs> just from what i've seen from friends it, it even just sounds like uh like just an, more annoying than anything else because uh one of my friends was telling that like you know, they give you little tools and devices to like read ghosts, you know, <laughs> to read whatever changes. And one woman was like going around, she's like, Oh, I get a reading. And the person leading the tour is like, No, that's nothing. 
It's like, oh, come on. They're, <laughs> like, they're trying. You know, they would like to see something. Like, you know, and then, you know, just imagine like if I was on one of these, like if I ran one of these tours, I'm like, okay, come on. You know, these people paid 15 bucks for this tour. Start shaking stuff around. You know, like, no, no, not that. That's teak. Don't touch that. <laughs> like, shake. There's plenty of stuff in the shed. Come on, go shake that stuff. Not this expensive stuff. It's... <laughs> It's really, I think it's, you know, when you, when you're somebody who's had these experiences, you want everybody else to be just as energized or frightened or, and, oh yeah, this horrible scene there. Oh, Uh, but it, and so you wind up kind of, you know, fudging just a little bit. Yeah. Thinking maybe if I can just get it to happening, then (laughs) something will go on. And, And that's, that's one of the things I think all of us have to fight against. I mean, why would you want to do that? Here's mom denying, you know, what happened. Yeah. Uh, we don't know whether or not she, uh, whether she's, she's, uh, really just lying about the fact she doesn't know what happens or she doesn't remember it. Hmm. Uh, I have found a lot of people who've had these experiences. Um, there was one instance where I had an encounter with a woman who, definitely there was some possession going on and she, she asked me to pray for her and I did pray for her and she completely blacked out and she became violent, blacked out, not towards me. She actually ran out of my house and um, she can't remember any of it. Hmm. So, you know, uh, that was just one of those real, really weird kind of um, one of the things that happens and. I don't know if we just can't handle it. If our senses go uh, too much, I'm out. (laughs) Uh, uh, Because we're so conditioned. We're so conditioned that this stuff doesn't happen. And, you know, I don't see how we can have so many similar events in so many different cultures and so many different societies throughout the ages. So that everybody kind of recounts the same way and it not happen. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that's the thing that I talked to with, uh, with Doug Overmeyer, uh, when we did our nightmare episode about the sleep paralysis mm-hmm. is that everybody has the same experience. Everybody sees this, or at least a lot of people say this, see the same thing mm-hmm. and that, mm-hmm. and people that don't know each other, people who've never met throughout history, everyone's telling the mm-hmm. same story and it's yeah. You know, I don't know what, you know, how you make, you know, how, how you make a distinction. And, of course, in that movie, what was really interesting is that the people who aren't Christian or religious, they just deal with it. They're just, I don't know how to stop it. The two people who mm-hmm. are Christian, it went away when they prayed. Mm-hmm. It's, you know. Mm-hmm. That, that was my experience. It was funny because, and I say it was funny, once I learned to do that, like reflexive turning to God and just immediately starting to pray. That's when it quit. Cause I used to have night terrors all the time. Now it's like, I, I have not had a night terror. Watch it tonight. I'll have one. Uh, <laughs> no, I should rebuke that. Uh, anyway, but, uh, I, I, once I, I figured out, Oh, I just need to keep praying. I just need to push in and find where God is in this moment. Then it, it quit. Mm. And I mean, that was decades ago. Or, or a decade and a half ago, I guess now. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's 
that's the thing is it's I think once these demonic beings catch on to the fact that oh you're not scared you aren't giving me the right the right fuel through mm-hmm. your fear they they lose interest they're going to go on to easier pickings oh, like they're going to go on to somebody who's not yeah okay. well that's exactly it perfect description yeah and you know this dude here he he is freaking out because he saw a rocking chair rock now if i saw something like that i would be like ask the wind yeah and go on you know (laughs) (laughs) those aren't the kinds of things that that even register um (laughs) so i i think we like i said we do need to to rule out natural causes um I do believe that uh, one of the, the things that we need to be very careful of is not confusing mental illness with possession or oppression. Yeah. Uh, those, they can overlap, but they're not the same thing. Yeah. I, and so... There's a story in the Bible that I've always found fascinating, and it's in Mark, where the the apostles with Jesus are, you know, ex- they're exercising demons they're healing people and they come upon the, the apostles come upon this one woman who they cannot get, you know, fixed mm-hmm. there. She's possessed and she just cannot get her clean. And so Jesus, mm-hmm. when they go to Jesus, which makes Jesus much more human than we sometimes make him, <laughs> they go to Jesus and they're like, we can't, we can't get rid of this demon. And he gets angry with them. He's like, you just don't have enough faith. Come on guys. You know how how to do this. He goes to her, and when he sees her, he's like, "Oh, oh no! This is something different. This isn't, you know, the the, the only way to cure this is through fasting." <laughs> and then he heals her. So it's almost mm-hmm. like this woman wasn't possessed; she had it like a mental illness, and there was no way Jesus could explain it to them or how they could understand it. But he heals her like right away. And mm-hmm. but he realizes, oh, this isn't something different. This isn't the regular, you know, possession. This is something different. And well, and he he says, you know, there's some demons that are only driven out through prayer and fasting. And I think part now, I'm I'm just shooting off the cuff here. Right. I, I think when we're talking about demons, and when he's talking about prayer and fasting, I think that's repentance on the part of the person with the demon. Mm. And and fasting from whatever it was that they that was feeding them. Now, can there be mental illness with demonic possession? Absolutely. Oh yeah. And you know, I if anything's going to drive you crazy, dealing with this stuff would do it, because your whole world's turned upside down. Um, and then there's chemical imbalances. I'm bipolar too. Uh, I have to be aware of when is when is it my bipolar? When is it? You know, I I just didn't get enough sleep, and so I set myself off on a on a cycle that I don't need to go on, and I'm going to have to you know eat better and do the things that feed my body so that my brain can recalibrate itself. Mm. And so, uh, so you know, you want to be careful with those things, and you don't want to you don't want to just oh we're going to pray over you and we're going to cast this demon out, and you're not going to be depressed anymore. Well, if it's a chemical imbalance. The demon doesn't care if it's there or not. And so, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it, it, that's, 
I, I just I worry when people um, when they get too cavalier hmm. because there there is there there is a uh, I'm sorry, all the crystals on my chandelier on the wall suddenly started um, shaking, and I, okay, that's yeah. interesting. And now the, these, uh, so. and I should, like, I keep looking down. These ants are getting pretty out of control, <laughs> <laughs> which, again, we've been having ant problems. They usually appear overnight, but now all of a sudden, you know, right before we started recording, we had the these ants appeared, and now... I, uh, yeah. Do you do you want to tell this like start talking and then I'll go get something to clean these because it's <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so just start talk to the audience for yeah, a second. Uh, I'll talk to you. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so one of the really interesting things that the um, movie does not show uh, they they show Ed and Lorraine coming and setting up in the house and doing all the stuff. Uh, the parent girl who wrote the book uh, she actually says this never happened. This is where it totally deviates. She she says that what happened was Ed Lorraine came and did a seance. And during the seance, the mother became so distraught and so upset that she ran out of the room. And when Lorraine or Ed, one of them, started to go after them, the dad tried to stop them. And, and so what they wound up doing when the, the dad tried to stop them, evidently Ed resisted or something. The dad punched Ed in the nose and broke his nose. And that was the last time they were in the house. Ah, okay, so, back. <laughs> uh, you're back. So, yeah, I just talked about how Ed got his nose broke by the real dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so you told me that. I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and they continued. The family actually lived there for several more years. Um, I did find it interesting that two of the daughters went back uh, fairly recently because the daughters are all over this, the paranormal, supernatural conferences, uh, any kind of seminars. They are there. Mm -hmm. And uh, they went back and uh, to the house not that long ago. And I believe that, man, they have so elevated, uh, especially the one daughter who wrote all the books and stuff, has so elevated the, the importance of these demonic beings that they were actually happy to see her. Hmm. They, they, she said she felt like she was welcomed back. Uh, Demons know how to soothe. They know how to comfort. Uh, that's that's one of the, the draws that they use. They make you feel important. They make you feel like you comforted. Um, you wouldn't invite a demon in if it scared you. Uh, very much like a, an abuse, like people ask me, okay, how did you marry an abusive man? Well, he didn't give me a right hook on the first date. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> He didn't say, hey, by the way, honey, I'm going to beat the snot out of you every time you don't do the dishes right. He didn't say that. Yeah. And so um, demons are the lot the same way. They, they, they show up. They want to be your friend. They want to help you. They want to give you useful bits of information. They want to make you seem important. Uh, this is why they're there. Mm. And so the idea that, you know, what you're accepting from them comes with a price. Yeah. 
it and, always comes with a price. Yeah, and I, I wanted to talk about this because, um, and Doug has brought this up before, um, that we talk about demon possessions, uh, we talk about uh, hauntings and like, you know, spirits in the house. They don't always present that way. Sometimes they mm -hmm. present as alcoholism, abuse, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mm -hmm. depression. And what I mm -hmm. like about haunted house movies, what I like about the haunted, the idea of hauntings is that they're a really good analogy for what might be happening in a family when, mm -hmm. you know, because they, they're presented as ghosts. But another way of looking at it is that this family is haunted by something that's happening to them that yes and so you know like like in, in a home where abuse is happening or alcoholism or something like that like i just mentioned there's not ghosts there but they're obviously haunted by this thing everyone knows it's there it's ever present but but you don't talk about but you it. don't talk about it you just live with it so you're haunted mm -hmm. by this thing or a trauma or something. And I thought mm -hmm. that that was a great way of explaining it because um, I've never spoken about this, you know, before really. But I, um, I, I grew up in an abusive home. Uh, and it's really hard to even talk about, not even to talk about it out loud, but I'm to describe because right. I, I wasn't, my home was, it was an, a verbally and emotionally abusive home. Uh, mm -hmm. my parents ignored it. They didn't deal mm -hmm. with it. They, because they didn't know how, you know, this per, and I don't well, want to say who, but this person tormented me from childhood, me and my sister, they had rage issues. They had mm -hmm. real, like, you know, the things that they said to us, that this person said to us were so dehumanizing and emotionally breaking us. And mm -hmm. it's really hard to to talk about how, like, to to explain. You know, it, it's it, it is because if you haven't lived through, you and I talked about it a little bit um, before, but if you haven't lived through that pattern, where you, it's that ongoing that drip, 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 and you know, occasionally there's the the, the flood, but most of the time it's just that drip. And if you just try to give like an example. And a single incident, it's like, oh, well, that's no big deal. Yeah. But if you, okay, but this happened every day, four or five times a day, seven or eight times a day, you know, then this is where it becomes abuse. Hmm. It, it, it's, it's not just like we said earlier, it's not somebody having a bad day. It's not a give them a Snickers, they'll be better. This is somebody who gets some kind of enjoyment out of someone else's pain. Yeah. And that's, that is hard to describe. It just kind of like the, these spiritual events that we're talking about. It's hard to describe. And I told people, they're like, well, why don't you just leave your husband? Well, I, I left when he became physically abusive because I knew how to file that. Yeah. I knew how to put a label on that. But I didn't know how to tell people, like you're saying, and I still don't know how to tell people exactly how he talked to me hmm. and how he, he made me feel. Yeah. So I don't think that's uncommon what you're describing. I think that's very, very much the norm. And yeah. I think that's the reason why it's so hard to get help. Right. Because when I when I tell people about what he used what this person used to do, 
they're like, oh, well, my brother would torment me when I was a child, but we got along and now we're mm -hmm. best of friends. And that's just how older, uh, you know, this is how people, <laughs> you know, they talk about it. As, yeah, I, I don't want to say who, but because I still, yeah, 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 this person's still in my life. But, you know, oh, my siblings would torment me. And, you know, that's just how what they do. And for me, it was much worse than that. It wasn't, mm -hmm. it never went away. It never stopped. Mm -hmm. And the, um, our family walked on eggshells all the time mm -hmm. to stop this monster from coming out. You know, yeah. even now, I'm, and yeah, I know that people make fun of the word triggered, but there, that's a good, it's a good way of describing it. When I hear a door well, slam, when I hear something bang mm -hmm. against a wall, for a second, I stop. And I, because that's what happened when I lived in this home. When you hear mm -hmm. that, it might might have been the neighbors because we lived in an apartment. When you hear a door slam, you stop because what if it's them? What if they're angry about right. something? Because they have a problem now and they're about to make it your problem. Whether it's yes. your fault or not, you are going mm -hmm. to suffer what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. terrifying. I'm a, And look, I'm a tough guy. I used to, I used to get, <laughs> jump into mosh pits. I got into fights. I've, I've been into fights with skinheads. I'm a tough guy. <laughs> Maybe not now that I'm much older and, you know, I have a hip <laughs> problem. But when I was younger, I was. But I was terrified of this person because they made me feel less than human. They made me feel worthless. Mm -hmm. And it was a constant mm -hmm. thing. It never stopped. And again, my parents yeah. just kind of shrugged their shoulders. They're like, oh, just ignore it. Or just... You know, yeah, and or they blame that so very it, much. So, well, it's a very much like what you're describing is exactly what we're talking about with the, with the way the spiritual world operates, mm. and that that oh, you've got an overactive imagination. You're making a mountain out of a molehill. Why do you have to get so upset about that? If you would just ignore them, or why didn't you do this? To, and you know, uh -huh. and yeah, why it, did you provoke them? Right. And it very much felt, that's why I'm bringing it up with this movie, we were haunted by this. Mm -hmm. it, we, there were no ghosts. We didn't see, they weren't possessed, or maybe they were, and we didn't know it. But we felt that haunting constantly in that mm -hmm. home. It was ever-present. And we lived our lives like regular. You know, it was just a normal life. We laughed, we watched TV, we lived our regular lives. Mm -hmm. But it was this haunted, th this thing haunted us. And it was ever-present. Well, I Again, there, there's that parallel because, you know, people who live in haunted houses, it, it may not happen every night. It may not, I mean, you aren't having like, there's the undercurrent of dread, mm -hmm. worrying when it's going to happen, but you still have to live. Yeah. You still have to cook dinner. You have to do the laundry. You, all of these things still have to happen. And there can be moments that you're happy and laughing and going, but you never know when it's going to come to a crashing halt. Yeah. And so, and that's the hard part because like my counselor described it like being a tennis player, always on the balls of your feet, you know, ready for that next volley coming mm. across the, the net. And that's how you live your life. And eventually you can't do that anymore. And you, you hit a breaking point. Yeah. And so, but then it's really hard not to go right back into that stance, mm. you know, gripping that tennis racket because you're going to have to strike back to, or defend yourself with it because you don't know what's coming at you. 
And that that's a really difficult position to be in and to try to explain to people who haven't lived it. Yeah. It, it, it's hard. Yeah. But somebody who's been there, man, they're like, uh-huh, got it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I'm sure that, uh, yeah, there's somebody listening who is just like, I know exactly what you're talking about. They might see, yeah, I was in an abusive relationship like that. Or they're like, I didn't know it was abusive, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, well, go ahead. It, it's hard sometimes to, to accept that we've been in abusive relationships. If somebody at say the beginning of my first marriage had told me it was abusive, I'd be like, no, it's just marriage. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Loving someone's a choice. It's not a feeling. I just need to pray more. I would have said all the cliches that people told me because mm-hmm. I thought that was right. And so it took me a good three years before I'm like, wait a minute, this is abuse. He's trying to destroy me. Yeah. He's getting some kind of gratification out of my pain. And so that it, it's hard. And especially I think it's even harder when you're looking back at like the household you grew up in. Because, you know, your childhood memories are supposed to be the best memories in the world, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're supposed to be happy. You had this great family. And then to have someone come along and say, dude, no, that's not normal. Yeah. R- regular people don't live like that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, what, what are you talking about? Now everything you knew has been turned upside down and it's a lie. Yeah. And I heard an interview with somebody who works for Child Protective Services and, you know, how he goes into a home that is either the child is suffering through neglect, they're being starved, you know, and you go into their house and you say, this isn't a normal situation. This is illegal. The government's going to have to be involved. You know, your husband is beating you and you're disrupting their life. They're like, we're Mm -hmm. living at cruising altitude. This is normal for us. Right. You know, this is a regular life. And how dare you? Like in a normal home, it's like you walk into somebody's home and you say, you're hanging the towels wrong. The dishes are dirty. You're not doing this right. You're like, get out of my house. Who the hell are you to tell me that my life is wrong? You know? Right. And so, yeah, for, for us, this was just a normal life. This is how we live our life. And when this, you know, I, and I'm using the analogy of a ghost. When this ghost appears, you just deal with it for a while and then it goes back you know, it goes, it, it drifts back into the walls. You know? Well, and, and that, that's it, precisely what you're saying is, is exactly how it is in both situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, it's so crazy how, I mean, cause I hadn't really drawn the parallel and you're like painting this picture and I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, four, a few more dots lining up there, but I, but, how much easier is it to grasp the idea of a bully, mm-hmm. an abuser, than even a spiritual entity? Now, I will say that with my ex-husband, that definitely I, the man was demon-possessed. There was, I, I will say that without any kind of, of equivocation on my part. Um, and I don't say that lightly. I, I, I think there's a lot fewer possessions than some Christians want to believe. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who are manipulated and oppressed by demons, but possessions are not normal because they don't really um, accomplish what a demon wants to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And which, you know, what happens when you expose an abuser? Well, you know, they go to jail. They, they people start cutting off relationship with them. They, they start removing themselves from that person's sphere of influence. 
what happens when you reveal a demonic presence? It's the same thing. Mm. So they, they want to stay hidden. Most demons want to stay hidden. Yeah. They, they don't want to be outed. And, and so that's... Well, they also want to live comfortably, which is why, you know, they could be haunting in a, you know, alcoholism. You know, this lie mm -hmm. that they're telling this person. I've known... And I've even experienced this when I was younger, this idea that like, you know, God, you're drinking a lot. And they're like, come on. No, I'm not. You're the one. Remember last year when you're, you know, hey, we drink a lot all the time. It, like every time we get together, we drink this much. And they say, I do this every once, like once in a blue moon. Mm -hmm. You do this every week. And that person either yeah. realizes like, oh, I thought we all lived this way. Or, mm -hmm. you know, they, they just make excuses. They, I've seen people completely change and justify their behavior and make you the villain for mm -hmm. how they're acting because they mm -hmm. don't want to give up their booze or their drugs or, you know. Their porn addiction. Their, their porn addiction. I, yeah. They make excuses Eating habits it. or, yeah. Well, and we all do that to a certain degree, and I think we need to own it when we do. Yeah. But then, but then there's this level where you cross over, and that becomes the one thing that makes your life worthwhile. Mm. That that becomes the one thing that that gives you comfort. Yeah. And a purpose, and so, and when you've done that, that's when you remove God as the center of your life, <laughs> and that does leave you open for demonic oppression. Yeah. That does leave you open for, for demons to play, you know, play havoc with you. And, oh, by the way, okay, they're, they're doing the exorcism right now movie, on, yeah. on screen. <laughs> yeah. Nobody I know would ever advocate tying someone up for an exorcism. <laughs> yeah. um, you know. This is fun for a movie. For a movie, this yeah. is great cinema. But in reality, it's. it's yeah, yeah. That, that's. And honestly, most of the time, like when you pray over someone, I mean, I have seen the more quote unquote violent exorcisms where people have been vomiting, convulsing on the floor. I've seen that. Um, but that's very rare. Yeah. That that's, that's very rare. Um, actually one of the things I, I prefer to do, and I didn't know this had a, I had a name. It was so cool. Uh, when we, uh, we're at the weekend with Doug. I learned that this process has a name. It's uh, more light is what he called it. Uh, where they pray with someone or you pray with someone and you go back to those tra traumatic moments and you ask God to show you where was he in that moment? Hmm. What was he, what was he doing? You know, where, where was he? Because when you're, you're a victim of abuse or you've had some kind of major trauma, there's this, this, sense that almost everybody knows where was God, you know, Jesus on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. Um, there, there's this, this feeling of abandonment. And so a lot of times when you pray with someone like that and you, you, you walk through this where you go back to that memory and, and you, you ask them to just hold it like a snapshot and to look around and see if they can see where God was. It's amazing. You can see the life return to them. You can see them, oh, wait a minute. This is where God was. This is what he was doing. He was protecting me from this, or it could have been so much worse. And, you know, um, right before my husband got um, physically abusive, 
the very first time I had had a dream. And I think this was God's way of protecting me and preparing me the night before I, I had a dream. And it was one of those that was so real. <laughs> I mean, so real. And I was child size in this adult lap. And you know how you hold like a toddler with their back against your chest and, you know, their legs over yours. And, oh, yeah. and I was, yeah, I was in this, this lap of this person who was huge because I was an adult, but I was child sized according to him. And I kept trying to get out of his lap hmm. and I kept trying to get away. And he just kept picking me up, just like an unruly child, you know, picking me up, putting me back in his lap. And I finally turned my head and looked up, and I said, oh, Father, it's you. And I woke up. Hmm. And I had just this feeling of complete peace. And I knew everything was going to be fine. I I just, I, I was so overwhelmed with just, I'm okay, he's got me. And then the next night, my husband grabbed me from behind, put me in a headlock. I was holding our child, our daughter, who was less than six weeks old at this point. And he threw me around the room like a rag doll. And immediately, I was back in that moment of the dream where I had that peace. And I was, and I held on to my child. I was able to keep her from getting hurt despite being flung around. And I, so for, I had kind of this preemptive moment where I could see where God was at even before it happened. So when, so when I'm talking about this process with other people where they're having to go backwards, where I kind of got to go forward, it, it totally makes sense to me that this is something that helps people start to heal and, and start to realize, wait a minute. Yes, it was bad, but you weren't alone. Hmm. It, it was, it was horrible and it was life-changing but you weren't alone. And that's the thing. God never leaves us alone in those moments. And so sometimes we, we have to really focus and we really have to look because that's what evil does is it, it throws up these screens and smoke screens and clouds and mirrors and everything to distract you. Because if you don't feel like God's there, then you're going to reach out for the only comfort you can find. And how many people have been victims of abuse and then turn around become abusers themselves yeah because there's comfort because oh now i'm taking the power back hmm. yeah and i'm not going to be the victim anymore yeah yeah i yeah and i gotta say i i was very verbally abusive to women that i dated we got into knockout drag out like not physically but mm -hmm. i would say because i felt hurt and I felt mm -hmm. broken and I wanted them to feel like I felt. And I got to mm -hmm. say, when I, again, I drank a lot. I did a lot of drugs. And when I, and I, I make a joke about this, like, because that's my way. But when I stopped drinking, it's almost like I took the liquid earmuffs off my ears. And this, mm. this I started hearing my favorite song playing all the time. Like, you're, you're a loser <laughs> and you're never going to be anything by my favorite band, Shame Shame and the Go Nowheres. <laughs> like I just like all of a sudden I realized oh this is why I drink all the time because I was trying to shut this you know this horrible you know these horrible voices off mm -hmm. and again it wasn't like voices that I heard in my head it was my own voice my own self hatred that I was trying to shut off and mm -hmm. like I said <laughs> for all I knew you know this person was possessed and they didn't know it. 
For all I knew, I drank because I was being led by demons. Who knows? Maybe it was myself. Maybe that person. And I know that this person was hurt themselves. They, they mm-hmm. had to because I I know them, and I know that they are they were they were suffering and they are suffering, and this is what they did. This is how they dealt with it. And I did the same thing. And you know, it's. It's it's really hard to realize whether maybe it was a demon, maybe it was myself, maybe it was himself, but boy, did if it was a demon, they can take advantage, you know. Oh yeah, well, and I I, I think that demons sometimes enter our lives through wounds. Mm. That, that it's because a wound, whether we're talking physical, mental, emotional, that that's a that's a, a break in your shield. And so, and this is why it's so important. We go to God for healing. We, we take it back to him and go, I need help with this. And, and that's what you're describing. It's so hard because you don't want to blame everything on demons. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the easy out. Um, but at the same time, not everything necessarily comes from within us. Sometimes those there's those thoughts that slip in and I've talked to people and one of the things that um, I, I have found that it's pretty interesting is you can ask people when you hear that voice in your head, what, how are they saying it? Are they saying I'm worthless? I'm a loser. I'm, or you're a loser. You're mm. worthless. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> you don't talk to yourself as you, yeah. you say I, and, and, you know, and when you start to realize, and, and, oh, demons hate that. They hate that when you take the mask off and you say, and you can go, Hey, wait a minute, this isn't part of who I am. This is not intrinsic to my, to my value that uh, this is something defining me other than myself and other than God. And you can start, then now you've got ground to stand on. Now you've got a place to get some traction and push back. Mm. And that's, that's so freeing. And, you know, sometimes those voices are demonic and sometimes they're the voices of our abusers. They've got stuck in there that we, we have to push out. So that's the, that's the sneaky part of demons. They don't want, like I said, they don't want to be revealed. Yeah. And so they have a really good way of, of concealing themselves within these situations. And, you know, even like with the movie right now, they're, they're doing the exorcist and uh, exorcism still. Yeah. Um, none of this, <laughs> none of this happened, by the way, none if you're watching happened, the movie, yeah. this is an exaggeration again. And we'll talk about this <laughs> afterwards. Great movie, phenomenal movie, super fun for a horror movie. Not real. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, what's really interesting is um, this, there's some things they got right, because sure. when you start to deal with, okay, I don't know what's beeping in my house now, uh, <laughs> when you, uh, when you, there is an exorcism, demons will often try to hide. They, they, yeah. they really, and what's, people will describe them like in their stomach, like they could almost like physically feel them move. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, demons can interact with the material and they can inter- interact with us physically. And, but you know, again, we don't have to focus on that. We don't have to have the hows and whys. Sometimes we, these little explanations help. It's like, Oh, okay. That's what's going on. 
but we got to keep turning our focus back to God. We have to let him be the one who defines us, who tells us our worth, who gives us our purpose in life. And if we can do that, nine times out of 10, we don't even have to get into some kind of confrontational situation with a demonic power. Mm, yeah. It, it, it just, it doesn't have to happen. God just takes care of it. Yeah. And so, and I think a lot of us would be happier if somebody <laughs> can just pray and throw some holy water on us and we'll be okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what, what I, then I don't. Go ahead. I was going to say, then we don't have to take any personal responsibility. Yeah. So, <laughs> what I love about the book, the Screw Tape Letters, and I know it's a weird one to just come out of nowhere, but it's they're demons, <laughs> and it's about a demon. Uh -huh. If you don't know, it's about a demon who's t writing a letter to his apprentice. There's a a young demon who's learning how to influence people, how to possess people, and a lot of the advice that the 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 older demon tells Screw Tape, or is that don't attack them directly, like put ideas in their head. Like when mm -hmm. a person is starting to think about God and Jesus and maybe they should turn their lives around, don't argue with them because you can lose an argument. Simply oh, yeah. tell them, "Go to. Uh, are you hungry? Go to lunch and change their mind. And a lot of the advice is just change their mind, put their mind, like do natural things to lead them away from God. Don't possess oh, yeah. them. Don't, you know, do these. It's always, mm -hmm. you know, a natural, regular, everyday life thing that can lead you away from God. And yeah, for like, like I said, and I think that meant a lot, like what you just said, that you're a loser, you're worthless is like, you know, I don't, like I said, it, I, I it never, I never saw a demon. I never felt a demon. So I, I'm more inclined to believe that maybe... I was dealing with myself and but you don't know and at the end of the day it doesn't matter because God will right. see you through it and it's not mm -hmm. an easy fight it's not an easy road but God will see you through either way yeah yeah I, and and I that that is one thing that I do appreciate about what Lorraine and Ed Warren did was they kept pushing back and saying that the whole reason for any of this is to remind people God exists. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the reason why God allows it. I mean, if we never saw God vanquish an enemy, how powerful would we believe he is? Yeah. Some people need that kind of proof. Some people need to have that experience that they can see God actually at work. And, you know, and I think if you need that, then he'll let you have it. I think it's better if you just believe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think it's better if you voluntarily surrender, but at the same time, God will do what it takes to get your attention. Yeah. I, I think if you're really seeking truth, then he'll, he'll open doors for you to seek truth. Mm -hmm. And no, don't, don't go play with the Ouija board and go, okay, I want God to show up. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> well, yeah. And we've, we've spoken about that before where I've, you know, I've read about people who found God by taking LSD. You've found, mm -hmm. you know, somebody who found God through tarot cards. God can mm -hmm. use those things. That doesn't mean that person, those people didn't go searching for God. God reached them where they needed to be. And mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. things more often than not lead to horrible places, but he will reach you where he needs to. He's constantly calling you. 
and he'll use whatever he can to get to you. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, and I think anybody who, who misses God, and I think this is what Paul was talking about in Romans 1, at natural revelation, anybody who misses God, at some point they're having to make the choice to ignore him. Mm. And so, you know, whether or not you know the proper words or names to put to it, and because I believe, you know, if, if somebody's in the wilds of South America and they've never heard the name Jesus, but they still look at the creation and say, hey, there's a God out there that maybe I don't know him, maybe I don't understand how to reach him, but I believe he's real. Mm-hmm. I, I think God's going to honor that. And so, I, I you know. There's, I know there's theologians who disagree with me, but I believe God is above all loving and gracious. Yeah. And, you know, and I believe, yes, he's holy, but that holiness, I think there's room for people who, who genuinely operate in ignorance. But if you have, you know, like if you've listened to this podcast and you've heard somebody say, Hey, don't play with a Ouija board. Don't get the tarot cards. You've been warned. Yeah. Now you're responsible for your, your that's decisions. Me, that's how God reaches you, you know? That that uh, that old story about the woman in the flood, you know, God will protect yes. me. Well, like, you know, <laughs> a, a, you know, a neighbor came by, hey, we got to get out of here. No, God will protect me. Uh, the flood starts coming up. Here comes a canoe. Come, get, come yes. let's, let's go away. No, God will protect me. It goes to the roof. A helicopter comes by. No, God will protect me when she dies. You know, she says, God, I prayed for you my whole life. Where were you? Like, I sent you a neighbors, a canoe, and a helicopter. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, God mm-hmm. reaches you in different ways. Maybe a silly podcast about movies. You know? Right. <laughs> that could do it. You know, but... Yeah, exactly. And I do want to point out too, if anybody's listening um, to this, which obviously, you know, that's the only way they're going to hear me. Uh, I don't want to leave anybody hanging. I, I think this is a great time to announce that Doug Overmeyer with CRC Ministry is joining the Raven Creek family. Yay! As, <laughs> yes, I am so thrilled. A lot of people know Doug from his work with Dr. Heiser and Paranormal. And so uh, he's going to be bringing all of his blogs. He's going to be bringing his podcast and you're going to have access to uh, be able to order the book. Uh, So there's more tools out there. There's more resources. And so we, you know, this is kind of, you know, you and I, we talk about it, but Doug's the expert. Yeah. So (laughs) He's, he's dealt with it in many different ways. And again, what I love about him is that he says, yeah, probably not a demon. It's probably just you know and or or he says yeah maybe but it's it's not manifesting itself the way hollywood manifests it he's real down to earth he's yeah he i i love the way he presents his supernatural take feel comfortable yeah whoops are you there (laughs) yeah oh yeah (laughs) so uh but you know a lot of people who don't um oh they they're they're out of balance Mm, and yeah. they've gone to a lot, like like Ed Moraine went to a lot of uh, what we call new age sources now. Um, they went to those because that was the only place they could get the information. And so a lot of times when Christians talk about it, that they're still doing the same thing. They're going to the wrong sources. Mm-hmm. And Doug really tries to bring it back to the Bible. What does the Bible say? What can we learn there? Yeah. And he will he'll he'll pull from people's experiences to help him, you know expand on that knowledge but that's not what he's relying on yeah and so i appreciate that about him 
And that's the reason why I have no problem. And plus, I got to sit down and look him in the eye and have these conversations with him. And he's a genuine person. Yeah. I mean, there is nothing uh, fake or cheesy about him. And I do greatly, greatly appreciate that because so often that's not the case. And so, so I just... Yeah. Can I can I ask you one more question? If we can't, if you don't have time, we can. You know, uh, well, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we're we're done with the movie. This movie mm-hmm. and uh, plus uh, the uh, the Annabelle movies and uh, Amityville Horror. These were hugely. They all involved Ed and Lorraine. They're uh-huh. hugely exaggerated. None of like a lot of the stuff that happened were either blown up or never happened. But. I love these movies. Are these good way? Are, like, is it good that they're doing this for entertainment, or should it be more more realistic to what happened? What would you? Oh man, that's such a hard question. I know because oh, I, uh, I enjoy. Uh, hold them. on one second, oh, just a second, Doug. Yeah. I, Doug, sorry, Joe, I've got somebody. <laughs> Hi. Sorry about Bobby. Uh, y'all just we just bought it. Okay, I'm Jason with Bill's Trash. Oh, okay. I was wondering if you had trash service. We yet. haven't got it, but my husband would be happy to. Okay. So thank Give you. Us a call. Okay. I'll take care of you. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Uh huh. So, <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, trash service. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't. You know, if it provokes conversation and we're just not mindlessly consuming, I don't have a problem with them. Obviously, I, I think all but one movie I've done with commentaries or maybe two (laughs) (laughs) have been horror movies, um, which is kind of funny to me, but, um, you know, the, there's different levels of horror movies because I have seen some that I know for certain the people who've made them have seen things. Mm. I, I know that they're basing them off of real life experience. Um, and, they creep me out. Uh, this, like you said, it was overblown, is exaggerated, and I'm like, yeah, this is Hollywood doing its thing, whatever. And so, I think it's a matter of conscience. If I'm going to, you know, try to come with a, uh, a definitive answer, don't violate your conscience. Sure. If they bug you, don't watch them. Yeah. If they, um, I know that several of the seers couldn't watch The Exorcist when Doug and I did that, and you know. They wanted to because they've been following Doug for a long time. Yeah. And so, but they just, they couldn't do it. And at that point, yeah, at that point, I'm like, don't do it. So, you know, I always try to check in and pray. And even like when I was doing research on this, there was a certain point where I just felt like God said enough. Hmm. You, you, You focused on this enough. And I had to, to pull back and get back into the word. I have a three in one out policy. So three, three hours in the word, three hours of Bible study for every hour that I study anything occult related, paranormal related, because that's a good balance for me. Okay. But I, and you know, and I, I hate to systematize it that much because I don't, I'm not all about the formulas. Sure. But sometimes having, you know, some kind of touchstone, some kind of guidelines. Yeah. And then when that, that just helps because we're human beings. We like to label things. Yeah. It's just how our brains work. Right. <laughs> so 
Oh, did they answer your question? I'm yeah, not... yeah, absolutely. Because again, I see it as entertainment and I love that God is in it. You know, they don't mm-hmm. shy away from God in this. Does it, should it be more, maybe it wouldn't be entertaining if it was more closely to real life. But, you know, if I'm just watching it just for to entertain myself, then great. You know, uh, it was, we, we watched it and we were able to bring God into it. Then that's even mm-hmm. better. Uh, if, if like, and we said this when we were doing the exorcist and other movies, if you really can't handle it, then don't even listen to the podcast. If you right. or don't even watch it, if you can't even listen mm-hmm. to it, we're happy for you to skip it. It's not about, exactly. it's not about us, our listenership. We're trying to bring yeah. God out. That's ultimately our goal. So well, it's really person you know, to person, you know? I think it is. And it, what's funny is Lorraine was actually still alive when they made The Conjuring. Uh-huh. And she worked as a consultant. And she she said what she saw in the film was less frightening than what she experienced. And mm. so even though it's overblown, when you actually encounter evil, you it, it's not the same. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why I can watch these and go, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, because when you when you see these things and you have these experiences, it turns everything in your body upside down. I mean, you have a visceral reaction to it. And so that's that's the thing. I think if you're having those kinds of reactions to even a movie, the suggestion of evil, and I know Doug even talks about that he had to quit watching them because it in, impacted their daughter. And even though she wasn't watching them, she was in bed in a totally different part of the house. Yeah. But it was still bothering her. And so we wanted to, you know, he he gave that up because he wanted to take care of her. Yeah. And so that that's what we want to, you know, we want to make sure that we're being sensitive, not just to our own needs, but who else is in the house? Yeah. And what what environment are you creating? And if you do you know, have something like this in your house, you want to watch it, then you make sure you're, you're bringing God back. I mean, not that he leaves, but really inviting him to even fill the space more fully Yeah. and to make him welcome in your, in your home. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people who watch him don't, they forget that. Yeah. And by the way, the quickest way to deal with any kind of, I just want to throw this out that any kind of evil manifestation, go into praise and worship. Mm. Go go into that time of get your favorite music. Um, you know, sit down and and contemplate the world that God made. Praise Him for the fact the sky is blue and not chartreuse. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever it yeah. is. But focus focus your mind back on Him, because then you aren't feeding whatever evil might be in the environment. Right. So and you're you know you're inviting God in and you're feeding your own soul and you're you're encouraging your own soul. Yeah, I so yeah, and I was uh, and just one last thing is like I wanted to really see this this R-rated movie and I I was excited about it because it was a director I really liked, but uh, my friends were giving me a real hard time about it and they were telling me that it was evil, that it was horrible, it was you know it was uh, glorifying bad behavior. And I got really angry, and I just wanted to see it out of spite. And I had to say, <laughs> well, now I got to wait, because I'm not going to go into this movie <laughs> just to make them angry, just to spite them. So I waited a week, you know, and I, I that, <laughs> even that upset me, because I was excited about this movie. But honestly, for myself, I'm like, that's the wrong reason to watch it. 
they I that's not why right. I was going in in the first place, but it became that, and that was mm-hmm. just now I have to stop myself. And you know, and I watched it afterwards, and it was fine. But yeah, you it's really <laughs> where your heart is. That's what God cares about. You know, one of the things that God's been working with me over the past uh, six to eight months is not doing anything out of the hardness of my heart. Mm. And so anytime I feel that kind of, now I'm going to do it because it, they made me mad, uh, that's my heart hardening. Yeah. And God doesn't, you know, when, when the Bible talks about a hard heart, that's not a good thing. <laughs> and so I'm learning to, to, to just check myself. Why am I doing this? Yeah. And so you, I, I think that's really good what you're saying. You, you, you checked yourself. You went, this is, no, <laughs> this yeah. is not who I want to be. <laughs> and mind you, that's so. a good story about something I did right. <laughs> I have plenty of times when I did things for the wrong reason. So uh, let's not, pray, I don't want to praise myself too much. <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah. I think if we're honest, we all do. So. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that does it. Awesome. Right? Awesome. I mean, this was fun. I, I, I love doing these episodes with you and Nathan and, I just love doing this podcast in general. So again, Oh, it's always a blast. I want to thank you for the opportunity that you've given me to actually do the podcast. So uh, thank you. No, we, we enjoy having you and you kind of shoved us over the ledge. I don't know if faith and other oddities would have existed if you hadn't (laughs) kind of poked us a little bit. Boy, am I glad me and my wife loves your podcast also. So keep keep going, (laughs) keep doing it. Uh, if you guys are listening, if you like this, then you'll love Faith and Other Oddities. It's just such a fun, inter- like it's you just make it palatable. You make Bible Yay. study palatable. So <laughs> you, you you bring it down. Like I said, I think that Faith uh, uh, Raven Creek mm-hmm. grounds <laughs> our faith. You know, it makes uh. it entertainment. It makes it palatable. It makes it easy to consume and fun. So this whole thing, I'm I think like, we're creating something great. I, I'm like looking for a rock to crawl under right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I'll let you go. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you all for listening. And we'll, uh, you know, come back to the movies with us. Bye. You've been listening to the Commentarians podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecommentarians. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them with you.